The first monster block of this final goes to Samantha Fabrice. Crowd loving this. What a defense! That wins the trophy! Hello everyone and welcome to the Ace Space, the volleyball podcast brought to you by CEV. In the last episode, we previewed the Women's Champions League season coming up and today we're going to take a dive into the men's. If you're listening or watching for the first time, uh, where have you been? We've been doing this for months, uh, but let me introduce myself. I'm Dave Rogers and it's great to have you on board. Uh, my podcast partner, purveyor of power, Peace Pizzazz, Kimo. <laughs> I love your intros. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> and the best guest blessed in his quest to bring volleyball interest, Dan Manini. <laughs> I love that intro. You've been working on the rhyme scheme. I can see that. You got rapping in your future, <laughs> have you, Dave? <laughs> MC Dave, over and out. I think that's my that's my first and last attempt. Is this the first episode oh, yeah. we've been on together? I think it. Ha- I think it is actually. This is exciting! Is. Oh my gosh! I know we've both done so many. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I've like, seen you yeah. and I've heard, and you know, I've done so many yeah. with the other two guys. But whole new dynamic coming at you guys. Exciting! Exciting! <laughs> Here it is. All right. Well, uh, let's get to it then. Uh, As always, a podcast is only as good as its listeners. So we want you guys uh, to get involved. There are a number of ways that you can do that on all of the socials. We use the hashtag Let Volleyball Talk. And if you've got an opinion that needs a little bit more detail, then the space at CEV.eu is the email address that you need to get in touch with. And guys, we've had emails too. That's super exciting. Um, Anyway, today's episode it's all about the men's champions league and dan you are a fountain of knowledge and i know you're a details guy but very um succinctly tell us where we're at at the moment after last year's competition was left in suspended animation right so unfortunately last year it was such an exciting season too bad it had to be cut short but we are right on the precipice of the 2020 2021 season we just found out the last team taking part in the Champions League fourth round last night, which was Yastrzemski Vigil. So that's exciting. We have all 20 teams now. The It's a bit of a different format this year. We're doing mini tournaments to try and lessen the impact of COVID. So essentially, we're going to have six matches all in a row in one location, which is, I think, really exciting as a fan. You basically have this like flavor pack of volleyball hitting you all at once. So uh, what do you guys think about this this new format? Key? I'm, I mean, I'm excited because I I like to watch all my volleyball in, in chunks. I don't, I, you guys know, I'm not, a, I, I play volleyball, but I'm not a volleyball geek. But uh, when I do watch it, I'll watch it. I, I think I'll enjoy watching it all sort of packed into a couple of days straight rather than spread out. I love the intensity of big tournament volleyball. So uh, my intro to the sport as daft as it sounds was at the olympic games where where key was competing back in 2012 and i just got used to three four five games a day amazing level of competition athletes having to either pick themselves up or pull themselves down like like deal with all those emotions and and go at it again the next day and the day after and you think in the champions league how great the final fours were I think to be able to to replicate that throughout the season so we see the best teams playing the best teams in that in that short space of time I think it's going to be amazing I think it's a massive testament to, to CEV I know it sounds like I'm being a company man because this is the CEV's podcast <laughs> but 
not only finding a way to to have the competition but maybe even finding a way to improve the competition i i'm really i'm super excited and it's already worked these qualification tournaments we've had that we're going to talk about um very shortly i think uh, have already shown us that this format can work uh, hopefully you can hear in my voice or if you're watching on the video you can you can see in my face that i think this is going to be great <laughs> i can attest to that if you can't see if you're not watching i see it on your face dave <laughs> And Dave, you were referencing the qualification tournaments, which I think this year were incredibly exciting to watch. Even before we start the fourth round, I feel like there was more excitement even before the tournament really starts with teams like Yastrebshi Vagil, with teams like Dynamo Moscow, with teams like Trentino, who, you know, all any three of those teams could win a, a medal in the Champions mm -hmm. League. And they're competing in the second round, uh, going into the fourth round, qualifying through the first two. So I think this is the most competitive Champions League uh, teams we've ever had. And the fact that you, you mentioned Yastrzemski, Vegiel and Trentino there, who have both qualified, they were still in the competition last year. And there are so many great teams who've done well in their domestic leagues that, that those two teams, who will probably make the playoffs and even the latter stages, have had to go through those early rounds. And we've lost Dinamo Moscow mm. already. So Sokolov and Sam Duro and, and those players who've really made a dent in this competition before, they're going to be in the CEV Cup. I mean... By the way, Dynamo Moscow, Zenit St. Petersburg, the two and three team in Russia are both in the CEV Cup. So Champions League isn't the only place with good volleyball. Absolutely. Absolutely. But for the Champions League, I have three big questions. I think the three biggest questions that we're going to have to answer. And I want to hear your guys' opinion opinion on them so first one legendary team we're going to talk a lot about today zenit kazan bid Ave a rough year last year the first time i think in the entire decade they missed the playoffs they had a bit of an experiment with maxim mikhailov going to outside hitter sved and sokolov opposite this year they've changed it back brought in polish outside hitter bartosz bednorz and moving maxim mikhailov back to opposite do you guys think this was a uh, the cut off the experiment at the right time and you know what do you, how do you think this is going to impact them this year you've cued that up beautifully because we're going to be hearing from maxi mikhailov a little bit later in the podcast but he admitted himself that his change of position he didn't play his best volleyball and i think the key is in a competition where you're playing the best you need your best players playing their best volleyball and for him that's scoring points that's getting mvp trophies I also think, Dan, that these dynasties can't last forever. And maybe they had a little bit of a taste of it last year, the fact that they weren't going to have that success. And maybe COVID bailed them out a little bit. They didn't perform as well as they've been used to domestically either. There was no way they were going to win the Champions League. So maybe they thought, right, that's our warning shot. Well, firing firing coach Alexei Verbov as well after his first year, who was used to be the libero there. So lots of changes. Big. Okay. Next question. Okay. Trentino, one of the teams to qualify for the second round, looked incredible. I don't know if you guys watched the games versus Amersville and Moscow, looked really good. However, in Italy, in the domestic league, sitting in eighth place right now, I think a two and four or three and four in the Italian domestic league. So key. My question is, do you ever have that where you're playing a European cup competition and killing it, and then you're playing domestic and doing poorly or, or vice versa? Have you ever come across that before? Yeah, I think it's it's probably not quite as common, but I mean, not to bring up my own 
experience in the CEV, but the year that we were silver medalists in the Champions League, I think we had a similar situation. We ended up like seventh in the league. So, you know, it just, it's a matter of showing up on the day and playing your best volleyball consistently over the whole season. But whereas maybe in the, in the Champions League, you can have those lucky moments because you really only have to be on for one game here and then there and then here and then there. Whereas the league goes the entire season, you have to be on for eight, nine months. So yeah, that, that definitely happens. And also, we need to take into consideration here exactly how competitive the Italian league is. Aren't there four Italian teams in Champions League? In, in both genders, alone? there's four Italian teams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that alone says everything you need to know. Yeah, there are strong domestic leagues all over Europe, but there are usually, at the start of the season, maybe two or three teams that could win it. I've spoken to to so many players. So the the very first unscripted we did when I spoke to Matteo Piano, Paolo Milano weren't anywhere near winning the Scudetto the season before, but he spoke to me and said, "Well, maybe next season we win the Scudetto." Like everybody who plays for an Italian team genuinely thinks that their team has the opportunity to win the Italian league that season. So you're coming under this immense pressure every time you go out onto the court maybe they'll turn it around and and look we're seeing it in all kinds of sports as well whether it's whether it's team sports or individual sports these new rules um playing in front of uh, in front of empty arenas with no crowds mm. different television coverage different protocols it's affecting the way people play so maybe trentino are, are just struggling a little bit with that but in terms of Champions League, I was really keen to watch their match against Dinamo Moscow because we've already mentioned the quality in the Moscow team. Trentino made that look pretty easy mm. and I think that is ominous for everyone else in the Champions League going forward, particularly if they're not doing well domestically because they might think halfway through the season, well, we put all our eggs in that Champions League basket and those are the games they concentrate on. For sure. And I think you saw Namir Abdelaziz. I mean, that's a player I think by the end of the Champions League season, if if he's you don't know his name already, you're going to know him because I think he might be playing the best volleyball out of anyone on the planet right now. He could get six, seven aces of games, and, and you're not surprised. So I think they'll go as far uh, as Nabir Abdelaziz will carry them. And so the last question is, and you can comment on my pick or you can pick your own, but the biggest X-factor player in Champions League this year for me, it's going to be uh, Taylor Sander in Skra Beltatov, who missed all of last season, was supposed to play for Moscow, had a very serious shoulder surgery. We thought he was going to be okay for the start of the season. However, he's been rehabbing in Poland this entire season, still hasn't played a game. And in my opinion, one of the best outside hitters in the world. So I think when I saw he was joining the roster, I was, hey, Skra could be a, a good pick. Get Finally, Poland gets their gold champions league uh, trophy so we'll see if he's healthy if he can join the team and i think if he joins the team and is playing at 95 to 100 percent scra is a good chance x-factor player obvious choice and anyone who's been a regular listener to the a space podcast will know that i've got a real problem that liberos and setters never get given the mvp i think simone ginelli is unbelievable mm. and i think he could be a standout star um but he's he's pure class. I know Dan. Uh, we've spoken before, and you consider him to be a, a future Hall of Famer. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, being so amazing from a young age, and he's really a complete setter. Incredible hands can play in front or behind. Great, very good blocker, very good server. Obviously, very tall setter as well. So to be as good as he is at his size is is really something to see. Uh, so these uh, these fourth round groups, then Dan, best place to watch them is going to be on Eurovolley TV. There are going to be live streams for a load of the games. Of course, all of the information is going to be up there on the CV website as usual, and we're just going to be bringing top class volleyball to the people. And then a few will be on YouTube as well. I know we've been trying that in the uh, in the second round. I think it's a really good way for people. Uh, to watch and we're also yeah maybe coming out with a few deals coming up soon for your volley tv so um let's talk volley bubble okay all right we're my favorite topic yeah so you're in (laughs) you're in switzerland at the moment but last uh last time you were in italy and you were talking to Mm -hmm. brit and not not talking to matt even though i'm sure um the dog took up (laughs) a lot more of the uh, of the video time than you initially expected but how did that go and for the people who are tuning in for the first time quick couple of sentences on the volley bubble and what all right thanks volley bubble is basically uh me just traveling around in covid trying <laughs> to uh escape the the government's telling me not to move around and um yeah interviewing players and seeing what they're up to um and where i was last week was in navarra with brit yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, the video with Brit's coming out today. So um, you'll see us in Navarre. You'll see us not doing anything volleyball related because actually there were a couple of um, positive cases on her team the week that I was there. No worries. Everyone is fine, but we just we couldn't get in the gym. So it's me and Brit and her pup, Matt's. Do we still get to see the uh, apartment tour? Yeah, we did. We did the apartment tour and we did the podcast episode before... The, the team locked down for a couple of and days. the dog is featured heavily the dog is pretty much the star of the show i mean brit says <laughs> oh, it herself she's like so... i'm always second i'm always second <laughs> whenever the puppy's around everyone wants to talk to matt oh, i'd love that love that well we're going to get brit on the podcast at some point as well and she is a uh, she was again she was one of our first unscripted she is a, a mega star great human being so really looking forward to that episode uh, right then, let's hear from our superstar. We bring you the best guests every episode. We've already mentioned him once, Maxim Mikhailov. He was the mystery man. Long-time listeners to the Ace Space will have been drip-fed clues. I don't know how early you guessed it. Dan, you were you were pretty early on the... I mean, I think it was still clue eight was. or nine. It took me to... Uh... Was it shoe size that you got it on? <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was height. I think it might have been height. I think I, t- I had... I- I think I was on the very last clue, and then they still had to nudge me and go, M-M, hint, hint, mystery man. Anyway, myself and Matt Rogers of the CV caught up with Champions League legend, Olympic champion, and turns out, all-round good guy, Maxim Mikhailov, and uh, this is what he had to say. Maxime, welcome. Uh, great to have you here and, and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. How are you? Uh, thank you. Yes, everything is okay and I'm okay. Thank you. That is all we need to know at the moment. The fact that you're okay is is brilliant news. Now, Matt, we've got so much that we want to talk to Maxime about and not a lot of time to do it in. So where do you want to start? <laughs> Well, obviously, the this has been a bit of a mystery. So we've been building up to this interview, Maxine, for, for quite a while on the podcast. Um, and the main thing we want to do is, is look forward, but then also take a bit of time to look at your past. Um, 
So let's start with the, the future season. So, Maxime, what are your thoughts on the, the coming season? You know, Champions League 21, uh, obviously all the Russian competitions. What are your hopes and thoughts for the coming season? Uh, I think it's a real bit interesting season uh, because uh, in Russian Champions League, uh, Championship uh, comes a lot of uh, famous people, a lot of famous uh, players, and uh, it will be strong and maybe stronger uh, than before. And uh, I don't know about Liga Champions because uh, we will see what will be in the uh, Italian league because it's uh, one of the greatest league and uh, Russian uh, league uh, often compete with uh, Italian league in final four and final. Yes, it usually is Russia and Italy leading the way in the Champions League. Um, and it was in 2019 in the, the Super Finals as well. But last year, 2020, obviously the season did not finish. But it didn't go as planned for Zenit Kazan, did it? You, you didn't lose out on a medal because there were no medals, but it, it certainly didn't go to plan. What, what are your thoughts on last season? Uh, yes, uh, we had some problem. It was one problem uh, that I played like receiver because usually I play like opposite and uh, I need uh, some practice, but uh, we didn't have time for practice. Uh, we had a lot of games. Okay, but it's uh, experience, bad experience for us, and uh, I think um, uh, we do uh, we do something for uh, change the situation in the future. So you do feel then that that one bad season was just the exception, and you will be able to return to those great heights that you're used to with Zenit Kazan. Uh, I believe, of course. I want and uh, we will work hard, maybe harder than before, but uh, we want, uh, our team wants return. With regards to the Champions League then, you've had unbelievable success, both personally and the team with Zenit Kazan. Is it five gold medals? You've been MVP at least twice in that competition too. What do you put that success down to? Uh, we try to uh, play hard every game, every tournament. Uh, Zenit Kazan uh, is uh, one of the best play, uh, clubs because uh, they want to win uh, everything. It looks like you really enjoy playing for Zenit Kazan. Uh, yes, I enjoy it, uh, of course, because I play here uh, for 10 years and if I didn't enjoy play here, I change the club, of course. Prior to Zenit Kazan, you played for one other club. Can you tell us a bit about it? Uh, yes, I played in Yaroslav, but it's uh, not the biggest club, but a lot of young uh, players graduated from there. I uh, don't know, maybe Berishko, Grankin, Astapinka. There, yes, was in Yaroslav with me. Yaroslav uh, was one of the best young school players. How old were you when you came to Zenit Kazan? Uh, I was 22 years old. So young. So young. Yeah. But, but <laughs> 10 years, 10 years is incredible. That doesn't happen very often in volleyball. We see players changing teams sometimes after one season or two seasons. What is it about Zenit Kazan that's kept you there for that such a long amount of time? I think uh, all people who works 
in this club want the same goal. It's com comfortable for me to play here because if you want to ask something, immediately uh, do this and uh, it's easy. And uh, also, like I uh, said before, it's uh, um, more important for me uh, what Zenit Kazan wants uh, win everything. And I uh, do the same. Well, you've done a good job so <laughs> far. Uh, what, what's the atmosphere around uh, the club and the team then when you don't win? It's um, not good for us. We understand this, but it's life. And since I said before, it's experience. Okay. Um, it's impossible to win uh, everything in a row, of course. And uh, we and club understand this and uh, we must grow together and uh, change something for this. Um, I also love Zenit Kazan, Maxime. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I love, I like the team. I like the team, I'll be honest. But I love their media team. Yeah. The Zenit Kazan TV and all that they pump out on social media. Um, what's the strangest thing they've ever asked you to do? <laughs> We do something strange every year, <laughs> uh, like some uh, uh, video what we recorded uh, before season. Maybe you see, I don't know. It's uh, some present uh, present uh, for our fans. Because I, I saw a video where you were getting out of bed <laughs> like it was the morning. And it was, I think, a documentary about how you spend your day. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, yes, it's uh, it's what present on my thirteenth uh, birthday. Ah, okay, you un understand and accept the media side of being a professional volleyball player, don't you? You understand that it's not just on the court. Because I was looking through your Instagram, uh, Maxime, and I saw this post. Mm -hmm. Oh, lovely photo! Great sandals. Can you remember this post? It was July two thousand and eighteen. Uh huh. Yes, I remember. For the listeners, I'm just going to read out a Google translation of what you posted that day. I understand that I am read by people who care about sports and especially volleyball. I realise that young people are looking at me, that I'm a public person, but this is not just popularity. This is a great responsibility. It's important to me that people who follow my career see not only the external shell, but they understand what was behind it. What are my values and ideals? So I decided to share with you my thoughts about sports, health, nutrition, and most importantly, my goals and my goals on Instagram. I hope that you will be interested in following my development. Please tell me what you're interested in reading about, what you want me to talk about or share my thoughts on. I want to make these posts as useful and as interesting as possible for you. And I thought that was lovely because that's a player basically saying, I know I have responsibility and I want you to tell me and, and help me deliver on that responsibility. What what made you post that? Mm, I uh, uh, registered in Instagram in this year and uh, I uh, wanted uh, that uh, people understand what I uh, want to, to have relationship with fans, of course, and uh, it's uh, for me it's uh, responsibility uh, that i great player and uh, a lot of people follow me is that one of the reasons you're you're focusing on learning english more uh yes yes i want also and uh, in future 
I want to to have life in English because a lot of uh, fans from Brazil, from uh, Iran, from Italy ask me when I do live uh, with my fans. Oh, Maxim, why uh, you don't speak English? Okay, uh, do this, try. Okay, maybe I and I answer. Okay, maybe in future I will try, but not not yet. Not now. Hopefully, they'll be very pleased to hear from you in English now. You were included in the team of the decade, where we get some of the best coaches in the world, best brains in volleyball, to discuss a topic and then come up with like a, a conclusion. And the topic was the team of the decade, 2010-2019. And you were included as the opposite hitter, not the receiver. You'd probably be pleased to hear, but as the opposite <laughs> hitter. Um, have you seen that or have you watched any of that, that video and heard the discussion about you and that position? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I've seen on YouTube this video. And what, what is your reaction? I mean, you win a lot of individual awards and I know that the team success is, is always the priority. But team of the decade, that is something, isn't it? It's, uh, of course, it's a pleasure for me because uh, it's uh, really uh, great coaches who choosing. But uh, for me, it, I uh, like I said in the interview a lot of time more important uh, to win something of course and uh, that uh, coaches choose me of course uh, it's also make me motivation more and uh, inspires me to work more hard in future it's uh, yes it's uh, winning and uh, choosing like that uh, inspires me and um, uh, for work more hard. Can we talk then about one of your biggest team successes at, at London 2012? Yes. Because that was the last time that the three of us were in the same place. <laughs> now, if you count Zoom as the same place, but <laughs> so London 2012, we were all there. What do you remember about the whole event in, in London? Because it was obviously fond memories for Dave and I, but as someone who came to the event, what do you remember about the event? Um, I remember it was time when I was in London, in England, and I uh, so like this country because uh, our uh, hall uh, was uh, in another side in London, and uh, we uh, went uh, through all city, and uh, I I saw everything and I like its atmosphere was uh, one of the best in Olympic uh, maybe because we win after I don't know but uh, <laughs> I I like that atmosphere and uh, everything um, well, uh, was great for me for our team for Russian delegation in general <clears throat> the, imp uh, the important uh, also that we win this tournament because it's the first time in uh, Russian history was very important for in, uh, for popular volleyball in Russia. What did the games feel like themselves? Because you mentioned the atmosphere there and it was 15,000 in the arena and it was always full. But a lot of those people will have been watching volleyball for the first time, which I find incredible for an Olympic Games. So what did it feel like to, to play and perform in front of those people? Uh, the best uh, atmosphere where I, we played, uh, yes, because uh, when we uh, when we went uh, to London, we know that uh, volleyball is not popular sport in London and in England, of course. But on each game, 
was a great atmosphere. A lot of people uh, watch the game. It's very important for us, for sportsmen, because uh, it's easy to play uh, when uh, a lot of uh, fans uh, follow uh, you. And the, the final is something of a, an iconic moment, I guess, in volleyball, because obviously you were losing 2-0 and then you came back and won. And there was obviously a tactical change by the team and, and Pazerski moved to opposite, etc. What do you remember about the, sh the change in momentum? Because it must have been tough, hard in those first two sets. But once you started the third set, it all felt different. Uh, yes, um, we played uh, <clears throat> first and second set like uh, we must win, of course. And we didn't have uh, like uh, some freedom, you know, and it's difficult to play like that. And uh, when a coach uh, change uh, me and Musersky and opposite, not uh, position for Musersky and never played there. And uh, also, uh, like me, receiver, I never played uh, in big tournament like receiver. And uh, okay, we we think nothing after this and only only play like uh, we can. What was the reaction of the team when when your coach said, okay, this is what I'm going to do? I'm going to put Mazerski opposite. You're going to receiver. Did you? Um, I don't want to say. Did you think he was joking? <laughs> but did you think really? <laughs> or did you just say, okay, okay, we do it? Uh, yeah, of course we say, okay, we do it because uh, everyone uh, believes in coach because we are all team and we are together every time. No one saw it coming. I mean, from a from a fan point of view, a spectator point of view, I don't think anyone expected it. It was a brave decision but obviously a, a brilliant one. Yeah, it's a difficult decision for coach because if we lost 3-0, I think uh, he was fired immediately. And <laughs> of course, and yeah, maybe difficult decision, but it's one of uh, the greatest decision in uh, its history now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Absolutely. for sure. Have you returned to London since the Olympics? Uh, no, I want so much, uh, I want so much, but uh, I don't have a chance now, but maybe in future with my family, I want, uh, I want. Top five. Could you give us your top five um, favorite moments from your career? Uh, first one, of course, uh, when we win Olympic Games. Second, uh, when I changed the club from Yaroslav to Kazan. Uh, third, when we won uh, first time uh, League of Champions. It was in uh, Lodz, I think, in Poland. Number four, uh, for me, when uh, we won uh, Liga Champions in Kazan in 2018. And fifth, um, uh, when uh, we won Euro European Championship. So that was your top five. How was it different winning the Champions League at home? Because you, you obviously have won it a lot, but to win it at home must have been different. Yes, it's uh, very difficult to play at home yeah, because uh, all people uh, wait, you win. Okay, and uh, of course, uh, if you win uh, League of Champions four times before, everyone uh, waits uh, that you you do this at home uh, five times. <laughs> I love the word wait, Dave. It's like the fans are just waiting. Yeah, to yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> all right. 
So yeah, thank you, Maxim. Yeah, this has been so brilliant. Thank you very much, and uh, good luck. Thank you very much. Have a nice day, and good luck. Cheers, you. Maxim Mikhailov. Um, <laughs> he said to Matt and I, oh, "I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure my English is is good enough to have a conversation." But I found him quite captivating. Amazing character, serial winner. <laughs> but my favorite thing about the whole chat was the way. He says League of Champions <laughs> instead of Champions League. It just sounds so like so serious and epic. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, Maxime. Um, but no, he was he was absolutely brilliant. And I hope he does come to London again because I'll certainly uh, I'll certainly give him a tour around. Do you think he can still scale the heights, Dan? We spoke about his change of position and then being moved back. Do you think he's still got that top top level left to go? I mean, I think he is. He's he's. Yeah. doing really well switching back to opposite this year. And I mean, last year was maybe the only semi-down year of his entire career. I mean, the guy is just a model of consistency, incredibly hard worker. You can tell he just enjoys every second of the sport. Yeah, he's just an incredible player. Maybe maybe the best volleyball player, men's volleyball player of all time. Ooh. I said it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> said it. <laughs> you said but it. then again, you you you've said it, and and I know you're a stats guy. The stats certainly back it up. And when you look at all of the players that he's played alongside and still stood out against, it would be a very difficult point to argue. Good man. And uh, yeah, thank you, Maxime, if you're listening for your time. Look forward to catching up with you again some point. Uh, Dan. I want to bring the fans back into it here because you are our, our resident expert and Key and I love the sport, but we do not possess, and, and Key, I hope you don't mind me, me saying this on your behalf, we do not possess the depth of knowledge, the bank of knowledge that you continually draw upon. So throughout the season, we are going to be challenging supporters to get in touch and compete in fan versus Dan. Um, tell us a little bit about it. We gave it a bit of a bit of a build up last time, but you are actually here now. Are you confident you can finish the season victorious? And, and what's the competition itself all about? So to answer your first question, yes, I don't think anyone is going to be able to outpredict me. I'm very Ooh, good he's at confident. predictions. Yes. <laughs> so what you guys have to submit is just the results of each game. Give the set. So example, Navarra beating Scandici 3-1 and then submit that for all six games. And the way you do that, put in your picks is emailing us at the space at cev.eu. Women's Pool C is the first one. Give all the results. And we're going to battle against each other. If you beat my picks, if you're more accurate than me, we will send you a piece of memorabilia. I love that we're giving away prizes. Key, do you fancy your chances? <sighs> I don't know. He seemed pretty confident. But I yeah. mean, you know, everyone's confident until they get beaten. So. And it's volleyball. Any, anything can happen. Anything can happen. <laughs> anything can happen. That's true. What did Mike Tyson say? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, I think those are our preview episodes done. Very much looking forward 
to the men's and women's champions leagues in the future episodes we're going to be having debates around volleyball if you've got a topic that you think we should be discussing then drop us a line at that email address again we'll make sure that it is in the description of the podcast wherever you're listening it is the a space at cv.eu if there is a burning injustice in the game that you feel as though we need to put to rights if you want to talk about the new format of the champions league fans back in gyms are you back playing volleyball again anything that you think we should be talking about uh, then get an email over to the a space at cv.eu or in the shorter formats use the hashtag let volleyball talk on twitter instagram um it's just twitter and instagram isn't it we're not cool enough for tiktok <laughs> i don't have TikTok. not yet i think i think we're too old for tiktok <laughs> i may i'm definitely too old for tiktok our big guest coming up is robin de Cruyff. And she's doing an Ask Me Anything. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Key is going to ask her all the questions with nothing to do with volleyball <laughs> whatsoever. So we're going to have a real deep dive into her character. But um, she's absolutely brilliant. She's achieved a heck of a lot. She's been desperately unlucky with mm. injuries, but she keeps on going. So looking forward to having Robin on. Um, big guests, guys. We're, we're very, very lucky on the podcast to speak to these great people, aren't we? Some of the biggest volleyball players ever. And we got to peek behind the curtains a little bit we found i mean we found out stuff on the podcast in the unscripted that i don't think anyone else <laughs> outside their mm. circle knows so yeah i would say if you guys are following the leagues and, and have interest in players go back and check out some of those unscripteds because I, th I think they, they're going to be really good to revisit as as interest grows in in the players that were involved mm -hmm. and a little teaser for you before you go our first big male guest will be from either Lube or Perugia. We've already spoken about how competitive that Italian league is, so we'll have the opportunity to dig a little deeper. Um, guys, thank you so much for your company. Great time. Pleasure as always. And thank you all for listening as well. Um, volleyball's getting back on its feet, so remember there are great matches over at Eurovolley.tv and great content all over the CV European Volleyball socials. Like, subscribe, leave us a review because it all helps. And if you've listened to this much of the podcast, it must mean you're enjoying it. So do please spread the word because we'll be bringing you lots more great episodes soon. But Dan, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, Dave. Thanks for hosting today. Key, goodbye. Goodbye to you. <laughs> and goodbye to all of you as well. Speak to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode of The A Space. This is me, Britt Harbot, and I will be co-hosting the podcast soon. So if you have anything you want to ask me or something you want us to chat about, please write to us on theaspace.cv.eu and we will see if we can make it happen. But for now, stay safe and we will see each other on the other side.